Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Sinead, do you think that all shows set in like news stations and about the news are in like the same sort of universe? That could be cool. Because... What I'm thinking is crossover, newsreader, newsroom. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Specifically, the scene where some guys are in the garage and they're playing some music together and then Jeff Daniels just introduces them all one by one as they walk in yeah. playing their own guitar. It's quite the thing. It's a... Uh... I don't know what happened to that show there. I think we can comfortably say that was one of the moments that jumped the shark. <laughs> I think it jumped the shark. It was already over the shark from the first episode, I think. But swimming anyway. with the shark. It was in the, firmly <laughs> in the ocean with the shark. <laughs> anyway, we're talking about the newsreader instead, aren't we? Mm-hmm. Hello there. Welcome to I Only Like You and Movies and occasionally ABC television shows. My name's Lonnie. Her name's Sine. How's it going, Sine? Hello. Good, thank you. How are things going in... International Space Station. Oh, just great. Like really, <laughs> truly wonderful. Okay. A bit more venom in that response than I expected. Well, you know, getting over a thousand cases a day for coronavirus isn't the best thing mm. to happen. I know. And only one of you. So how's it even work up there? There's only one of me, one vax in me, and would just like everyone to just stop. Thank you. And you had an earthquake recently. You just can't. There's been a lot going on. (laughs) But in times of trouble, what do we turn to? Mother Mary calls to me, whispers words of wisdom. Watch the newsreader on ABC. (laughs) Hey, it rhymed. (laughs) Alternate lyrics. (laughs) Uh, Yes, TV never disappoints, does it? Well, generally. And TV never lies to you. It never gives you COVID. No, never tries to infect me. You know, some of you could take a page out of this TV show's book. (laughs) Now, we should talk about this because we we have apparently lots of listeners from all around the world, not just our friend Ashley, who we thought was only a listener. Um, <laughs> so the Newsreader is an Australian TV show. We watched on iView. I'm not sure if it's available elsewhere in the world, but it probably will be eventually because it's kind of a, one of those flagship dramas that Australia produces every now and then. Um, written by Michael Lucas, who's done a fair bit in Australia. I didn't realise he wrote um, the film... Not suitable for children. I think you've seen that one, Sine, back in the I day. I have. It was my first introduction to Sarah Snook. And yes, yes. I was a huge fan of Ryan Quantin's because he was Vinny on Home and Away, uh-huh. R.I.P. Vinny. Um, uh-huh. And I I think I liked it at the time, but I can't remember it, any of it, to be honest. Well, the reason it stands out for me is because the director came to uni once and had a big chat to us about it when it came out. Oh, yeah. Nice little cool. guest lecture. I remember he told us that he liked to work four hours a day. Just a general four hours, like sitting, like writing something. <laughs> I was like, okay, that's not many. I, I think you also said maybe writing was also like when you're sitting down on the ground and like thinking with your eyes closed is also writing. I was like, okay, fair enough. Yeah, that's a big, big thing here too. Mm. Our teachers mm. are saying thinking about writing is writing. 
me. Which is great because I'm writing all the time then. I'm writing right now. <laughs> anyway, The Newsreader. Mm-hmm. It's also directed by Emma Freeman, who's done a fair bit of TV drama down here in Australia. And you know what? Probably one of the better shows I've seen recently oh, in so Australia and in general. It. I was worried that you wouldn't like it because I liked oh. it so much and it's rare that we like find a thing that we both like. <laughs> I mean, I've got lots of points to raise. Oh, God. But overall, I really liked it. And I know this is the sort of show I wish we were making all the time in Australia because, you know, you don't have to compare it to what happens overseas because we're a different society and different country and everything. But I kind of feel like it stands up pretty well against some of the the more, you know, prestige dramas out there what do you reckon yeah it makes me frustrated for australian film because i'm like Mm. you can do this so it is possible to do something great do we just choose not to or well it's so difficult i guess is the issue yeah and who who wants to put the money in that when you can just buy stuff from overseas or make the block for almost no money and that gets you know thousands of views and listens and whatever more than you would on a, a show that takes Way more time and money to make. Anyway, mm. what's it about, Sine? It's about, uh, it's set in the 1980s and it's set in a fictional newsroom called News at Six. Mm-hmm. Um, and Anna Torv is mm. Helen. Keen-eyed viewers might know her from Mindhunter. Do you realise that she is, like, related to the Murdochs? I did not know that. I'll, I'll explain exactly to you. She's a cousin of the next generation. That's unfortunate. Her paternal aunt was married to Riff Murdoch. So she's cousins to Lachlan, etc. Okay. She grew up in Queensland. Cool. Yes. This is why I can't get on board with Succession, because, like, they're everywhere. You've got to watch it, Sine. You can't watch watch it by yourself. You've got to watch it with me so I can look at you while you watch it. I'm not. (laughs) Experience that way. (laughs) I'm not going to watch a show that glorifies the worst people in society. Mm -mm. you got to watch it. No. Anyway, so she's Helen and she's a newsreader on the desk. And then Dale Jennings is <laughs> our other lead, played by... Can you please talk like, like Dale the rest of the time, please? Dale yeah, Jennings, news at six. Um, <laughs> anyway, he's our other lead. And it's sort of him trying to climb the ranks in the, in the newsroom, gets into a relationship with Helen, chaos ensues. We go mm. through some quite significant moments in Australia's history, like mm. um, Lindy Chamberlain and the bombings, which I didn't know about, but kind yeah, of think I, I should have I, known about. <laughs> well, I guess they were big at the time, but they've kind of been taken over by other events since then. So, yeah, some bombings on police station in, in Melbourne. Forget about how, like, it was a long time, and probably still in some parts, like the gangland wars and things happening down other parts of the world like it's mm. in melbourne there's been some there's a lot of stuff going on down there no gangs since i've turned up though so that's nice mm, they're afraid though. of me yeah there were riots that's true <laughs> which i think you on twitter said you're going to lead some yourself this week tonight yeah well yeah i did say that <laughs> listen <laughs> i've been very frustrated <laughs> apparently a lot of our cases came from victorians going to each other's houses to watch the grand final of football if if the fact that Victorians weren't obsessed with AFL enough, they put their health and the health and well-being of people that they love underneath football as a priority. And I'm just saying that if these idiots don't get fined or held to account at all, I will lead a solo riot on the same bridge that the riots were held 
and I'll find a song to sing, probably <laughs> something better than Dower Braithwaite's Horses, mm-hmm. and I'll wave a tiny flag. That's all okay. I'm saying. Okay. Um, it's great. It's the back to the show, I guess. <laughs> uh, great characters, I thought, and great casting, which is something I've noticed a lot more recently about television shows. Yeah. So you've got Stephen Peacock, one of the greats, as a former footy player turned sports reporter turned just knockabout bloke. Another really home good. and away alum. Yes, exactly. Uh, Mark Downey, well, Robert Taylor plays the established 30-year veteran on the news desk who's very set in his ways and is keen to work for another 15 years apparently. <laughs> Dude, you're already, you're already <laughs> past it anyway. Um, and his wife is Mark Downey, who I didn't really know a lot about, but I was reading she was very much in like to the sketch shows that would be popular in the 1980s and 90s okay. in Australia, like Kath and Kim people where they started out. Um, she plays his wife. And you know what, Sine, I've written down here. Let's find it for you. Frank and Claire Underwood have nothing on Jeff and Evelyn oh. with their scheming. And <laughs> I'm like, it's a little bit different because in, in House of Cards they were, you know, president or whatever. But in this one it's just they're running a, trying to would, be in charge of a news desk. But still. Would Jeff that- and Evelyn kill someone though? Multiple people? Evelyn might. Evelyn might. Did you see her? Yeah. <laughs> trying to scheme and make sure that the press was all good about her husband and everything. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and yes, the the real star of the show though isn't. It's Tim is is pretty cool. He's like the camera guy who, you know, we'll talk about that maybe in spoilers. But then Nolene Sine, Knowles. She's the key. Knowles. I would die for Knowles. I would kill a man <laughs> for Knowles. I would marry Knowles. I love her so much. <laughs> Yeah, so who is Nolene? Let's, let's explain why we love her so much. Okay, so she is single-handedly keeping this entire newsroom <laughs> afloat. Um, she does the work for everybody. She's the teleprompter lady, which back in the day you had to write it out on a typewriter and just move it really slowly underneath an overhead projector. Yeah, That's so how she's... they got the teleprompter fed, which is insane. So she's like that. Also the secretary, I guess, for the whole office, but also also the lead news reporter really that puts all the also lots of the stories the, together the typist also the just heart and yeah. soul of the newsroom <laughs> she's the conscience yeah she's perfect i love mm-hmm. her so much oh. so that's michelle lim davidson she's been in a few things here i think she's on um utopia oh yeah oh she's on play school there you go now, the, I guess we'll get into spoilers in a second because we, I think there's some, some saucy things we need to talk about. There are. Uh, also, William McGuinness is the head of the, like the executive producer, I guess you'd call him, of the Lindsay. news. Yep. Lindsay, yeah. Lindsay. And William McGuinness, I don't know, are you very familiar with him? Because he was a bit of a heartthrob back in the day on Blue Healers and Sea Change and things. And... He reminded me of my Uncle Trav. <laughs> okay. Explain yourself. I don't know. There was just something around the face that reminded me of my uncle. You didn't get that? white beard. I don't think your uncle has that today. No, he doesn't. I think he's mistaken him for someone else. <laughs> Santa, perhaps. But Ben, you think he's your uncle. He is my uncle. No one can convince me otherwise. Okay. Anything oh, else about on, on William Blue McGinnis? Healers and Sea Change. Right, okay. Why well, was yeah. born in Redcliffe? Samesies. Uh-huh. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yes, he's, um, and he's a, bunch, a writer as well. And I read some articles with him about this, and he was like, yeah, this is just me getting a chance to dress up and, you know, ponce around or something. Nice. <laughs> anyway, he's like the executive producer who's can blow a gasket at the a drop of a hat and 
he's uh, very angry and lots of yelling, especially the first episode. How much yelling was there, Sine? So lots of much. yelling. Too much, yeah. some would say. And, you know. Don't like yell everyone, at your staff. I, I just think if, if I ever got into this sort of yelling match with someone I've worked with, be sacked on the spot. Like, yeah. But because we're in, in the, the arts, I suppose, you can in the media, you can get away with it. Mm. Yeah, that, that's a point I've, one of the points I'll make in a moment. Anyway, great show. If you get a chance to watch it, really good. Um, six episodes. Six. You can knock it out pretty quickly. Um, and great character development. And you kind of see a bit of history at the same time as, you know, getting in in underneath these interesting characters. Like even the ones you think you'll hate for like, I wasn't a huge fan of William McGuinness. Then... As it goes on, you can see maybe there's a different side to him. That's pretty much every character, isn't it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I have thoughts. Can we get into okay. spoilers? Spoiler time. Okay. I can't go another minute without talking about Robin Nolene. So, um, <laughs> I don't know if I like Rob. I don't know if you like it. Whoa. Okay. Why is that? He's a racist. Mm-hmm. He's homophobic. Mm. He, he was worried about contracting AIDS from eggs that AIDS protesters threw at his car. Mm-hmm. He's dumb. He yeah. makes no effort to read or better himself. It's Nolene who has to come down to his level so that she can be taken seriously. And I know mm. that's common, a comment on, mm. like, different standards that women were held to, etc. But still. And then he comes, he turns up, he tells her whole family that she's lost her job not your place, never your place to do that. And then somehow weasels his way into asking her for a drink. Nolene, you don't love Rob. You've just been around him a lot and he's given you a little bit of attention, okay? You can do so much better than Rob. That's all I'm saying. I I totally agree. Also, how many times can Rob resign on the spot and walk out? (laughs) Three, I think, yeah. Two two or three times, yeah. Yeah, I'm with you. Like, in yeah, the show, I guess, is trying to say that in that time and that climate, you could, it's not permissible, obviously, for him to be homophobic, but you can understand in that time period, totally, that sort of bloke definitely was. So, I'm, I'm okay with the show having him like that. But then it's also weird to go straight from him not wanting to even shake hands with someone with HIV or, you know, talk about, you know, throw out some homophobic slurs Mm -hmm. and the next minute it's like it's a rom-com yes and it doesn't interrogate the fact that maybe he needs to think more about that or he has to learn about his actions it just it it kind of just sort of put it out there and then it's like okay but now we can they should cheer when they get together it's weird Mm. for like our heartthrob to have those traits and so if they do maybe we don't just sweep them under the carpet maybe we like have nolene say that that's not okay i don't know or make him somehow repentant make up for yeah yeah it kind of is kind of just throwing it out there rather than trying to interrogate it i think that's also something i thought about the historical elements of this show like it kind of felt more like background props almost rather than really talking about what it was like when lily chamberlain was released Mm. from prison that sort of thing i kind of and I just they almost felt like they were there to serve the characters rather than being something the characters would have been doing, like being part of. That's interesting. Especially in the first episode where it's about the Challenger um, disaster. And, like, it wasn't really about the real-life people who died. It was all about we should cheer because Helen was on the news for, like, half an hour talking about it live. Mm. Did you feel like that? I was kind of like, oh, I felt uneasy because we're happy because she was able to do a bit of live TV. Yeah. I think... Uh, I have an issue with, like, 
Oh, am I going to go down this road? Yeah, I'll do it. An issue with newsreaders in general like this. Like, even Dale, who was supposed to be excited that he's, like, on TV and he's conquering his fears, he's interviewing people who are being, like, led out of the bombings and stuff. And it's like, mm. maybe we don't shove a camera in someone's face who's just survived a bombing. Like, I just... I really well, struggle with the ethics of that. I, I agree. And I don't think the show was trying to struggle with the ethics of that. It no. was kind of just showing it. And I, that one especially, it's like he's redeemed himself because he was there when the bombing happened and he got this cool story out of it. Like mm-hmm. someone actually died though, like in real yeah. life, not, in, not yeah. in, in the show, but also in real life. Like it's Yeah. You know. For some reason I was reminded of something that my film and TV teacher said to me in high school. Mm. We were talking about, you know, different different ways you could be involved in film and TV as a career and news came up as one of the things and she said but the biggest issue that you have to sort of conquer is that if you're filming news you have to have the strength like inner strength to turn the camera on a body bag being wheeled out of a building and film that Mm -hmm. and in that moment I was like no I couldn't do that because I just I don't agree that if we don't film it, someone else will and we've got to get the footage because we need the ratings and all. Like I just, I really don't, I just, I have an ethical dilemma with Mm. it and I didn't agree with a lot of the stuff that they were doing. Even even when like Helen's trying to tell the story of, I can't remember their names, Adam Mm. and his partner, even that is exploitative. She's having them there so that she can help the network like recoup some of their integrity that they lost by painting, you know, by running a false story essentially about mm. AIDS being into blood banks and that gay people were trying to sabotage it. None of this is done <laughs> out of the goodness of their own hearts and it's framed that it is done out of the goodness of their own hearts. And I just don't know about that. Yeah, I, I agree with what you're saying there. I feel like maybe the show could have been a bit more pointed about those points, you know, just, mm. what was I going to say? Oh, yeah, like in the news re- newsroom, the HBO Aaron Sorkin show, a lot of it was about trying to get the story first. Like, yes. It doesn't matter if you get it before CNN by five seconds because you'll all talk about it, you know? Yeah. <laughs> You're not really, especially like breaking news, it's all about being first, but like, I don't know, when a breaking news story happens, we'll flick around you don't get a prize for being first or yeah. best or whatever. Obviously, like that, it really matters to the higher ups about all that, but mm. I just, as a viewer, it doesn't matter at all. Yeah, I think it was a bit in this show about ratings and like. Yeah. That was kind of interesting about kind of trying to balance um, what the public needs to know, what you need to tell them, but also trying to make sure people watch your news instead of someone else's news. Like that was kind of interesting, but mm. and I kind of reminded of. I don't know if you've ever seen Frontline Sine from the 90s, the no. satirical comedy by the working dog people, um, Rob Stitch and so on. Anyway, they they very much was all about how bad the news and current affairs especially can be and like the, the gutter journalism sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so this show is kind of like a, very, a bit more of a uh, glossy version of, of that with not much interrogation of what's going on kind of maybe going into soap opera-ish elements at some points. So yeah. What do you think? No, yeah. I'd agree with that. But well done, obviously. So yeah, it's hard to be too mad about it. It's just like, oh, it would have been a bit better maybe to refine some of those elements. 
I was just thinking about what you said about engaging with like the Lindy Chamberlain case and that kind of thing. I was surprised that that the show was quite episodic and that we Mm. never, ever sort of really referred to anything that happened in previous episodes. Like, and I guess you could say that that's emulating the news cycle that, you know, there's a new story that eclipses the old story. But Lindy Chamberlain was a thing for like a decade in Mm. the news, you know, like you could have had just a little update for us on where you were at with the reporting of that. Cause it just, they didn't even get the, like the interview. And I know that it in real life went to someone else and all that kind of stuff, which is interesting as well that this, um, we should probably mention this fictional news station actually takes place in a landscape with references to real Australian news organizations, Mm. like 60 minutes and Ray Martin. Yeah. yeah, Um, so I don't know. I just wanted a bit more, dealing with the context i think which is what we're saying yes i think that's what i'm trying to get at when it's like all these events are just serving the characters like Mm. lindy chamberlain was just there to be a backdrop for them getting together yeah Um, helen and and dale so yeah it's but then also the show is about that but it kind of maybe you could even not have used real events then if you were just going to have them in the background but i guess it makes it real and it makes people who live alive in the 80s being like, oh, wow, it looks just like the 80s I, I lived through. Yeah. Can we talk about, just for a second today, mm-hmm. the fashion of the 80s? Please. Not a good, not a good time, was it? No. <laughs> no one looks good. <laughs> no one looks good. There's a couple of moments where Helen looks like she could be one of the Gen Z people I go to uni with who are, like, really cool in their white, chunky sneakers and... Yeah, I guess so. And yeah. But the, the big shoulder pads, the big hair... What were we thinking? <laughs> I reckon you look great back in the 80s, today. Oh, you reckon? Yeah. Just picturing you with massive hair, like totally teased up. And taffeta, blue taffeta. Yeah. yeah. And I've got one of the, the big chunky suits and ties. <laughs> yeah. Maybe even the the um, braces like um, Lindsay wears. Oh, the little suspenders. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, okay, I'm going to go through my notes and we can talk about some stuff if that's cool. Go for it. Okay. <clears throat> They're yelling way too much. <laughs> and it's not about anything worthwhile. This is the first episode especially. They're yelling about, like, who gets to, to announce the first story on the show. Like, bloody hell. <laughs> Some people have real issues in their life, you know? <laughs> <laughs> True. But, uh, and also, yeah, I think this is what I was getting, we were getting at before as well about newsreaders. It's like, you know, turning the, the camera on the body bag. But at the same time, it's like, you're not the story. Yeah. The story is actually the stuff that's happening, not the fact that you get to talk about it on TV and you kind of, it's almost like tragedy porn or like yeah, it is. you can try and, uh, stolen valor maybe almost. But like, how, how else would you have approached a show like this though? Because you want to show the mm-hmm. perspective from the news readers, right? Mm-hmm. So how do you, how do you do that in a more perhaps thoughtful way? Well, I think like in Frontline, Mm-hmm. different because it's a satirical comedy but it is very satirical it's sending up the people who want to just be on tv and and for the for the celebrity aspect of it rather than being an actual reporter so i think maybe this show is trying to have it both ways mm. kind of our characters are great and we love them but also maybe they're doing some things they're a little bit funky but you know at the end of the day it's great because dale eventually got on tv <laughs> at the end of the show yeah about that today He's like a reporter, right? He's probably at best, I could say 26 maybe at his, at his youngest, but he's more likely closer to 30, right? Yeah, I and imagine like late late 20s, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
how can he not talk on TV? Like, isn't that his job to talk? Did you find that a bit weird that he, he, he screws up his first time talking on TV? I was confused about because he was already a reporter. Right. But did they not have, like, he he wasn't the reporter that they cut to for the little packages? Then what did he do? Well, I think you can be a producer, like, behind the scenes with the reporter or you can be the reporter who's on camera. Right. But, yeah, isn't it like the first scene is him running out to, to well, film? Well, he was the producer, as- right? Yeah, and then there's the bit about Paul Hogan. He was out, had to go around and do the, yeah, the back and out sort of thing, which was great. Yeah, that was that was a cool opening. But then he gets on the actual desk and he he screws it up. Excuse me, it is nerve wracking having cameras pointed at you and having lines you need to say. One hundred percent. I just it kind of like he totally screwed it up, and it was like then she has to teach. Maybe I could understand him freezing on camera and not doing that right, but then she has to like teach him how to talk properly. Like he's reading out the newspaper to her and stuff. That kind of felt a bit too much. It's like, oh, this guy who's obviously got a job as a reporter or as a news producer here, now he has something to talk. It just kind of felt a bit funny to me. Fair enough, fair enough. So I liked the episode where it was uh, Jeff's party. I thought that was cool, mm-hmm. like the backyard. I really need a gif of Lou McGuinness saying, for fuck's sake, all drunk. <laughs> Watching them kiss on the dance floor. <laughs> yeah. It was just a great cutaway. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously don't kiss her in front of the entire party. Yeah, Obviously yeah. don't do that. Well, here's something else I think the show maybe could have done a bit more of. But it did. So maybe I've just, you know, been a little shit here myself. But did you feel like he was exploiting her for his career? This is Dale. Because it could be read that he got with her because he thought it would be good for his career and, like, get no. the newspaper and stuff. Dale's a little sweetheart. Dale but would it, never do something like that. Well, then did it, he was just swept along with it, was he, and kind of got out of hand? I think so. Yeah. Okay, well, that, that's interesting. And But do you think she was exploiting him to, like, smooth out her image by... No, I don't, no, I don't know sort of if happened. it was over. I think it was, from her perspective, it was more... She could fix this thing. She could have a project mm, to work okay. on. That's how I sort of read it. That she, she liked, sh- like him shadowing her and bringing someone up through the ranks. And mm. also, obviously, she was you know attracted to him and all that. I don't know if it I mean, was she's like human. So obviously, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if it was like overt exploitation, but I do get what mm. you mean. Maybe mutual beneficent. Mutually beneficial for their careers. I liked the, the photo shoot they did for Women's Day or whatever it was. That was that was funny. <laughs> that was funny. But you know, like that's the idea of like you know these people all have publicists and it's yeah. good for the TV station if their news reporters are in love and that's a kind of a cool story and whatever. But but remember that they say to her that um, you know Lindsay wants her to do more things with Dale because it softens her image and she gets mm. pissed off by that thought. So I don't think that's, oh, totally. you know, the intention. Well, well, maybe I'm just thinking of maybe a different direction could have been maybe it was more for the cameras rather than them actually being in love. But I think they actually were. I think they if, were. If not in love, they were very much enthralled by each other, weren't they? They loved each other. But we haven't talked about the real hidden drama, Sine. Mm-hmm. So, Dale, like every character in the 80s in a TV show sitting there, he's got a secret, secret hasn't he? Yeah, so I thought this was interesting. So the first episode where Adam calls and leaves the voicemail, 
Mm. I knew that he was gay. Um, Straight away, yeah. I don't think that's supposed to be a big reveal, but the the TV show kind of treats it as if it's a big reveal. But I guess that's Helen kind of putting two and two together. Anyway. I get, maybe that was a bit of dramatic irony. Like Perhaps, we, yes. We kind of knew more about his life than he did, and so we're like, come on, mate, just yeah. be honest. And then we, when we see them falling in love, I'm like, oh, I don't feel this is going to end well because no. I get the feeling maybe he's not actually... Yes, exactly. Well, maybe one he... thing that I find interesting is this is sort of the first thing I've seen... Is it just racking my brain? I think first thing I've seen from this time period featuring a bisexual character. Mm. And I found... Okay, so you took him as bisexual, did you? Yeah, so I find this interesting. Mm -hmm. They treat him as if he's gay, right? But Mm. he loves Helen because he loves Helen and he struggles because he has these... He says like urges or thoughts or something, gay sort of thoughts. Mm. To me, I took that as back in the 80s, bisexuality was not a thing accepted by society and Mm. if you liked someone of the same sex then you're gay no questions asked we're not even like engaging in the fact that you could like someone of the other sex you're just pretending like that kind of stuff and so I firmly interpreted this to be a case of that that all of society would see him as gay irrespective of his relationship with Mm. Helen because he had had one or two instances of a relationship with a same-sex person, did you not read him as bi? No, I can definitely, I could definitely see that, and I. That's an interesting point. Even now, really, let, let's face it, it 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 is hard to be bisexual. Like, yeah, I think definitely, a lot of people is. don't see it as a real um, sexual orientation. Real. They see yeah. it more as it's almost like, yeah. You're either straight or gay or, like, if you are straight but then you've done some gay stuff that's, like, blighting you. Yes. To be, you're actually, you've got to choose or something. You've got to choose, yeah. Exactly. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. No, I, well, did, doesn't she ask in the last episode? She does. But he doesn't really, he doesn't know what he is, I guess. He says, I don't know. I have all these feelings. But I think that's, again, a product of the time. Like, Mm. you weren't allowed to even come out as gay, really. Like, there's the quotes from his mum about Adam always not being very subtle about it. He's flaunting his sexuality Mm. around, which is just so, you know, (laughs) how do you flaunt one's sexuality? And then there's such a sort of cloud over Tim, the Mm. cameraman who is gay and out and obviously has the tryst with Dale. Mm. But he says that he loves her 
and she says that she loves him and it almost not that it doesn't matter but that it's not really relevant to the situation that they're in I think and so he sort of I don't know I'm glad that they're still together and that they're not Mm. relationships come in all shapes and sizes and it's really difficult and I've not heard stories maybe I don't know if it's just characters on tv i think i think they're real stories too about people who, who were certain they were gay then they found their partner who of the opposite sex and like okay maybe i'm not gay mm. or maybe i'm gay but i love this person so much that i'm gonna spend my life with them so yeah so what does it really mean you know and labeling things like yeah maybe we shouldn't spend so much time labeling maybe we should be people and it doesn't whatever. matter you know yeah i mean it, it, but it matters in the context of Sorry, the 80s. Sorry, yes, but I didn't mean ma- to sound dismissive. Oh, just... no, not what I'm saying. It matters, but also it doesn't matter. Like, at the same yeah. time, we shouldn't worry about it, but because we have to worry about it, we should be cool about it. Dale can yeah. have loved Adam and Tim and Helen, mm. and it can all be fine. Yeah. Oh, totally. But I wasn't, I was wasn't trying to be, um, be funny before as well when I said, you know, like every character, he's got a secret that he's gay. But I do kind of find that, you know, that does seem like it's a common trope almost. That like, yeah. you set in the eighties, you're gonna to have to deal with the AIDS crisis, and also if you've got a male character, I wouldn't be surprised if he turns out he's secretly gay. Mm. But also, I don't hate that. Like, it's a trope. It's not necessarily a cliche. It's just something that happens a fair bit. So yeah. All right. Uh, what do you think of the needle drops, Sine? The music and the score. I thought the score was really good. Yeah, it was. I can't remember it at all. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it was great. Again, the music, it's kind of, it's a bit like, of course you'll use the 80s music and that'll get people excited because they remember that song from Nehru in the 80s. But I thought the music was pretty good as well. Like, you know. Sure. Okay. Thanks for your support there. Well, I I didn't, I don't notice music. I think it's like editing for me. If it's done well, okay. it's just helping me be in the scene. I'm not thinking, right. oh, this it's is like, a nice song they have like chosen. like a wig for me. I don't notice it. It just happens. <laughs> yes. Oh, that's one thing. I don't think I've written this down, but in the first episode, mm-hmm. like he's got this hairstyle, yeah, and then she changes it, and everyone's like, "Oh my god, look at your hair!" Look exactly the, the same. same. Yeah, exact same exactly hair. Exactly the same. Exactly the same hair. <laughs> You're all mad. Exactly the same. And then even at the end, they're looking through the Women's Day shoot, yeah. and they're like, "Oh, he, his hair looks really great like that. We should do it like that all the time." It's the same. Hair. It's still the same, guys. It's still the same haircut. <laughs> I really liked the makeup and hair. Yeah, artist. she was great. Isn't she fun? Yeah. Um, okay, so we, t- we should talk about Jeffrey. He has a heart attack. He does. And then he's, he wants to rush back to the office. No, dude. Relax. Chill out. Your doctor's like 100 years old anyway. <laughs> I think you know what he's talking about. Just stay home for a bit. I know. It's but it's, it's also like, you know, if you're not on TV, you'll be kicked out and they'll forget about you and yeah. whatever. His real marriage was to the desk, not to Evelyn. Mm-hmm. And the whole thing, like, my, my the viewers will be upset about this. Viewers won't care. They'll forget about you in two seconds, mate. Like, <laughs> honestly. I think it was coming from an environment where people really did have a connection to the newsreaders. Like, mm. you're going to laugh at me. So there was a show that used to be called Today Tonight, which does not exist anymore. I think it was on Channel 7. (laughs) Yeah. You're already beginning the laughter. I shall not laugh. We watched that religiously in our household. And there was a time when the lady retired, and I can't remember her name for the life of me. She had dark hair. Mm. And she did this big speech at the end of the show saying she was leaving. And then someone came from you know, left of stage and brought her some flowers <laughs> and she was crying and we had a slow zoom out in tears, my whole family. 
in tears because we loved her so much and she was gone. So I can kind of understand, like, Mm. this is when the family would sit down together and watch the news at six o'clock over dinner. Like, this was a real thing. It's it's hard to imagine that today when we we're more in control of what we watch and when we watch. But in the back in the day, mm, this was a real. Or there were yeah. three channels, and every night you tune in to see Jeff tell you the news, and you'd get used to him being there. Mm. Especially if he's there for like decades, and you've watched your children grow up, and he's still mm. the newsman, and it, his <laughs> retirement represents the passing of time, and that we're all going to die someday. And mm. I just I don't know. I can kind of empathize with that. No, that's fair enough. And I, you're right. If he's like one of three newsreaders you've had in your life, like you would probably establish a connection. And like kind of to the extent there's a little bit of that, like maybe more like Carl Stefanovic and, and Koshi and people like that. I think maybe people won't be upset if they, if they thought Koshi got shafted one day. Yeah. There might be some, some blowback for sure. I'm just thinking, and maybe more in, yeah, current time we do have like just reading the news isn't perhaps as important no as someone like who takes an active role in in the show like you know Waleed or yeah Carrie like they very much connected to the show but someone who reads like the 6 p.m news is kind of just could be replaced any moment and there's so many different news broadcasts maybe yeah yeah not as important anymore but yeah I can see where you come from today tonight hey explains a lot what do you mean it explains a lot it explains a lot how's it explain a lot about your family, you know. Um, so, yeah, Evelyn. I'm glad she sort of got her comeuppance at the end where she's trying to... I think maybe she's scheming all throughout, right? Mm-hmm. This is just as Jeff's wife. She's trying to get him the best deal and sort of keep her... I guess keep his public persona up, but also, you know, keep him a job. Like, he's 60, but that's not necessarily have to retire. And what do you do for the next 30 years in your life, you know? Uh, but... When she got a conference by trying to be too too much of a saboteur, I was kind of excited. I thought that was cool. It was good when it was all blowing up in her face. And, like, just sit down and talk to him. Don't just, like, try and finagle this deal the from underneath him. Like, don't you don't know him? talk to each other back then. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. They did seem more like a partnership, didn't they? Yeah. He's the one who does all the work and, you know, all the, the publicity. Like, she does all the behind the scenes, I should say, and he does all the stuff on, on screen, but who's really in charge, you know, they sort of lean on each other in that sense. But there's a scene where she has lunch with Lindsay, mm-hmm. orders, orders a three-course meal tonight. Oh, don't get me started. She orders a three-course meal and leaves it, and then Lindsay's like, you just ordered a three-course meal. She's like, yes, I did, and saunters out. No, stay, eat it. Eat she- it, it's coming out right now. <laughs> she wanted to do like an up yours sort of thing. You've got to pay for so. two three-course meals, but like. Grab something off the plate, mate. Yeah. You've ordered it. The chef's gone to the no. trouble of cooking it. No. Yeah, also, like, if you're going to get your husband sacked, you've got to stage manage that a bit better. Don't just make it happen <laughs> today. Of course you've got to bluff about that. Yeah. Honestly. And it's weird because the rest of the show, they're like, she's planning like five steps ahead and then on that day she's like, let's do it now. I See, this is, this is why she's not as good as Robin Wright. Robin Wright would have like a five-year yeah, plan of how this is going to work. <laughs> and she hasn't got a dug, I suppose, to do all the dirty work for Exactly. Dug and his shovel. Jesus. Uh, yeah, it was kind of sweet as well. Rob Rickards, great name, 
that he just wanted to read the news or read the sports news. He just wanted to read the sports. Yeah. That was nice. He did redeem himself a little bit in that episode. And he did send up for her. Like, when, when she got yeah, sacked, he he's did. like, you know he what? he was first in there. Like, yeah. But at the same time, the reason that he did that and she got sacked was because they were all being homophobic and so on. So. Yeah. Yeah. it was. It's challenging. I, I don't mind having characters with a bit of light and shade. Not that light and shade is you know, being homophobic just light and shade but like mm. more depth to the character of the time in that time period but yeah i don't know could have been a i find it interesting because we watched white lotus recently if you mm. haven't listened to that pod it's there <laughs> it's a couple of pods ago mm-hmm. and something that was discussed in white lotus was the sort of emotional labor that was taken on by people of color and especially women of color mm-hmm. and i felt that a lot and i was thinking about that a lot when i was watching nolene I joked before saying she's, you know, the fabric holding the entire newsroom together. She is, but she's positioned to be so. And when Lindsay fires her, she's the most expendable because you can justify having a white man who's got so many years experience or whatever, but you can't justify taking a chance on a new woman of color who's quite young. And it was heartbreaking. When she gets Mm. fired, I was bawling because... (laughs) Just that situation where you feel mm. like you have no agency and all you're trying to do is say thank you for the opportunity and you're like, that's fine, I'll just leave, don't worry about me, don't worry about it. It was a heartbreaking end to the episode, especially when Rob went in and tried to fight for her. Mm. Yeah. I thought that too. And the way he, Lindsay did it as well, he yeah. was like pleasant about it. It was, it was it's that like, awful, you know, you no skin off, off his nose either. He didn't care. Yeah. He can replace her in a second, but really he couldn't replace her because, she, as you no. said, heart and soul. But. <laughs> the one thing I, I wish they had done with that storyline is dragged it out a little bit more. Like mm. I felt this total devastation when she lost her job, but the next episode she was back in for no reason because Rob yeah. threatened to leave. I, I thought the show was quite well structured, but also I could kind of see the wheels turning. It was far too quick in you? that bit for me. Yeah. Like, let that ha- let that breathe. Let that have a moment. Let the newsroom mm. feel the absence of Nolene. Let them say, we really can't do this without her, you know? like Yeah. What did she do? She went to sit in a park bench for a bit. And sat in a park bench, came back. home. Turns out Rob had gotten her job back for her. Mm, bit quick. Yeah, too quick. Something that I kind of want to touch on, and I'm wary of touching on it because Lonnie and I are white, Australian-born Caucasians, is there's been a bit of criticism of the show in its diversity of casting. Mm. So we have Nolene, who is a Korean character, and then Dennis, who is a South Asian character. Mm. And then we also have Tim, who is part Thai, part Australian. And Mm. some of the criticism I've been seeing is that, which I just think is so funny, because you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't, right? If you cast mm. no people of colour in your show, they're like, this does not reflect the cultural landscape. How dare you give a platform to white people? We need to start making our cast more diverse. 100% mm-hmm. on board with that, mm-hmm. I agree. But then they try and then the argument about this is, mm, is that really what a newsroom would have looked like in the 80s? Mm. That's literally the, the criticism. <sighs> to that I say there are three characters <laughs> in the entire newsroom that are not white, able-bodied Australian men or women. It sounds pretty work to me, Sine. Three characters. Three, white. three whole characters. Wow. Go work, go broke, if you ask me. I don't think it was that. <laughs> just 
gliding over that. I don't think it was that, you know, unbelievable for a newsroom to hire people of different backgrounds like that. I wasn't alive in the 80s. I don't know. Maybe it wasn't. But Dennis, to me, felt firmly integrated into society. And Mm. you know more about the politics of that time and what was happening with migration and stuff. So maybe you can speak to it. But I find it an odd criticism to make that that wasn't the landscape of news at the time, so we shouldn't have any people of colour in there. You know what mm. else didn't happen at the time? This entire news organisation, News at Six, <laughs> it's make-believe, guys. It's a mm. fictional TV show. None of this stuff actually happened apart from the obvious events. Mm. Like this, yes, it could be revisionist, but is that a bad thing, you know? No, not This not whole thing, thing is revisionist. We're not mm. like... <laughs> We lived through yeah. the 80s. The 80s were as they were. We can't go back and make the newsreaders suddenly empathise for people who had AIDS, but we mm. do because we need to see that because we need to create our own sort of reconciliation in order to move on and deal with the fact that life is so bad. I just think it was probably the right decision and they could have even gone further with diverse casting. And I think that the criticism that, oh, it just wasn't how it was at the time is very weak. Yeah, so... You and I weren't alive in the 80s and we weren't working in newsrooms in the 80s. No. So I, I, I kind of believe people who say maybe it's unrealistic. At the same time, I felt like the show did a good job of making it realistic. Like, yeah. I, the character of, of Dennis, I think he talks about the fact that he had to learn how to relate to people through footy. Yeah. And he didn't he work his way out from like the from the, you know, yeah. the front desk sort, sort of, of thing. Sort of like, like I did the hard yards, you have to do. Yeah. Hmm. And the same with... With um, Niles, Nolene, I got the feeling that she was maybe hired, you know, as a temp or as a secretary or like yes. very, like a, a very, like a typist, maybe more like a very expendable job. And then she's, you know, through her grit and determination, she's made herself yep. into much more in her role. So I thought that, I thought that was fine in that sense. And it's even more heartbreaking when Lindsay says, oh, there's plenty of typing jobs, you'll be fine. Mm. Oh, so no, she's not doing a typing job. She's here helping you do the news that you're supposedly in charge of, mate. All you do is yell at people. I was rolling my sleeves up, just asking Lindsay to say that one more time to do my face. Stage of protest. How, on the... how dare you? No, no, I'd right hook him. Oh, you him. get it now. Yeah, oh, yeah. Right, I see. Okay. I'm defending not lean to the death. No, totally. The other thing is that it wasn't like they've made it a, you know, a, a gay black person be the newsreader of being out and proud. Like, think that maybe we're stretching it way too far for the in terms of trying to make this a realistic look at historical like who's on the news desk an old white man who's been there for 30 years and won't retire mm-hmm. that kind of seems fairly interesting and realistic to me and a you know a, a attractive white woman who seemed like she had like some sort of game show background they kept making yeah, sort of references to mm-hmm. um i thought she was a journalist but also maybe she'd done some some game show stuff. I don't know. Well, I didn't know if they were just being sexist, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, but also, yeah, it is kind of like, do you want to have it both ways? Do you want to try and show the problems of the 80s, but also, hey, our cast is actually pretty diverse. I can kind of see where that's coming from, yeah. but I have no problem with it. I thought it was fine. I thought it was actually good to have those elements. Mm. One thing I might say, though, is maybe they could have maybe examined that a bit more. Yeah. Maybe talked about some, like, trying to interrogate the racism of society, that sort of thing. Again, I was like, but that's, like, we had Claire Coleman come and talk to us and she's an Indigenous writer and she was talking about how, you know, why do all Indigenous writers have to write about being Indigenous? Why can't Mm. they just write a story and the story is not about them being Indigenous? 
-hmm. And I'm thinking about that here, like why do we, when we cast people of colour or people of different ethnicities or backgrounds, why does that have to be the thing then? Like I kind of liked the fact that Dennis was just Dennis. We didn't have to talk about the fact that he was South Asian. We didn't have to interrogate that. It's just Dennis. Dennis is here. They don't need to be like, Mm -hmm. I don't know. I just don't like that every time a person of color is included in a show or something, mm-hmm. the story then becomes about the color of their skin, not about like their actual character just being a regular person. And I think I actually liked the normalization and the integration and the fact that it was just Dennis was Dennis and Nolene was Nolene and we didn't have to mm. worry about that. You know what I mean? Yeah, I agree. And everything becomes, you're right, all about issues you don't really want to have to deal with every time the character is is there or that that sort of you're saying everything has to become about the trauma of being mm. from that background well actually maybe dennis is just the dude who's really good at his job and maybe the fact and i think that did a good job in the show actually of by him explaining how he didn't know anything about footy then he, he learned that footy was the way to talk to these mm. people and get i think that said more than him having a story about i agree yeah you know, i think going in, into depth about racism that's it i don't want it to be like the media gets a free pass no. on having all white um, staff or whatever. Like, I think maybe that is something in that criticism kind of like we should think about. Yeah, in real life, it's still the case today where lots of newsrooms are totally white. So definitely. So that that is something to consider. Yes, in well that said. criticism. Yeah. On the in the vein of representation, maybe um, I just wanted to mention that Helen gets panic attacks in the show, mm. mm-hmm. and. I felt quite mm, seen, <laughs> I guess, when she was having her panic moments. There's... I was panicking when she was having a panic attack, like between shots on the yes. desk. So that's what Go I wanted back, to sit talk down about. Down, please. <laughs> so there's a be- that's a beautiful sequence. It's one mm. shot, no oh, cuts. Yeah. Such a good scene. So did a, such a wonderful job of building tension. Because she sits down, does her few lines, they cut to a story, she's back in 10 seconds, she walks off, takes takes a minute to breathe, she's running back with mm. only three seconds to go, she tries to get through the next line. I, I, it was just brilliant camera work, brilliant direction, just a really great piece of TV, I thought. Yeah, I love that scene. Yeah, me too. Just want to mention the stage manager, it was a really cool character. Mm. Small, small character, but I liked him. For some reason, he reminded me of Andrew Simons, so my head... Oh. That's his name. Okay. <laughs> you know who else we should give an honourable mention to? The guy in the editing bay yeah. who's doing all the hard work, dealing with people yelling at him, putting mm. together packages in 30 seconds. Mm. Like, good on him, I reckon. Actually, I'm just thinking that guy in particular in the scene, mm. that reminded me of the scene of when um, Lindsay basically made uh, Dale include some more racy elements into the the story about AIDS and yeah. and the blood bank. That I think maybe that um, said before the show didn't really interrogate journalism ethics, but that scene obviously did for sure. Yes. And Dale definitely felt compromised because if he like if, if he was to arc up too much, people might start to you know look at him a bit more closely. So that's I true. I think that was that was a good intersection of the real mm. life drama, journalism ethics, and personal drama. So that that was a good scene. And yeah. Fair enough. Good luck, show. <laughs> I also thought it was interesting seeing an older woman and a younger man in a relationship Mm. in a relationship where their age difference isn't the focus as well. She's never really like targeted for being older than him or being 
the cougar no. rule being like I don't know. I just thought that was interesting because we've become so accustomed to seeing men who are much older than their female partners in mm. Hollywood films, etc. Um, but this was a nice inverse of that. Obviously, it made sense in the context of the show and he's an upcoming reporter and she's a seasoned veteran. But it still was nice to see. What do you think? I, I, I like that. Remind me something else. I, I read, I think it was Sydney Morning Herald's review of this show and it mentioned a scene where Dale comes back to see her at her house and Lindsay's there and they're having a drink together. Mm-hmm. And the article seems to suggest that it wasn't the first time Lindsay has visited her oh, late at night. Yes. What did you think of that? I, I, thought... didn't, I didn't read that at all in the scene, but maybe maybe it was, you know? I thought he was 100% like have sex with me or your career's ending. Mm. I thought that's what we were doing. And then Dale And then interrupted. Dale interrupted it. Did you not get that feeling? No, I think I was just yeah. I didn't I didn't get that that reading. I'd like to see I... the demographic breakdown of people who thought that that was the case and people who thought it wasn't <laughs> because I reckon most yeah. women probably picked up on what that was. No, I thought it more like he was checking in on her after her panic attack, and I thought he was kind of like putting her in place, saying, "Don't do it again." Mm. You know, I'm, I've put my neck out for you. I don't know. Maybe I've got residual. Good feelings about Lou McGuinness because he's a cool guy in real life. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. that bit creeped me out so much. I was mm. like, yeah, I thought that's what was occurring. And yeah, then... no, fair enough. Um, uh, but but yeah, and also the show didn't really. Lindsay seemed fine otherwise, apart from yeah, being a bit of a dickhead. So like he did. It kind of dropped that storyline and never yeah, really. Yeah. yeah. So maybe I think if maybe I could have recontextualized that in my head if I'd seen another. Seen yeah, another one. Yeah, a bit creepy or something. I think, totally. Yeah. Just final thoughts. Okay. I was completely hooked with this show. Like every time an episode ended, I wanted to watch another one. Um, it helps that ABC Hive you have a you know <laughs> little trailer for the next episode at the end of their mm. episode things. That really hooks you in. Um, again, very soap opery with that one. Yeah. Playing yeah. with it. And not, I don't think soap opera is necessarily a bad thing. Mm. I think sometimes it it, it can. To kind of make the shows make the yeah the criticisms can be that it's yeah a bit weak and vapid or whatever but I, in the sense of having compelling characters you want to come back to definitely that's fine yeah, yeah. I, I was just really invested in everything and I was right there alongside the characters as every mm. twist and turn sort of happened so I was just hooked each episode had a sort of cliffhanger but it was still narratively closed mm. I, I just am so excited I really hope there's a season two. If there's mm. not, I'm going to storm down to the ABC. I'll hold my riot in their foyer. I'll cry and ask for Nolene. Okay, this, this is a bit, this is a new development. I just. You, you and riot. So don't think it's going to happen. <laughs> COVID changes people, I guess. Yeah. I need Nolene on my screen. Okay. <laughs> I need her there. Hashtag. I need Nolene on my screen. Yeah. I just loved it. I thought it was mm. brilliantly done. It's honestly the. <laughs> Best Australian production I have seen in years, probably. Like mm, I'm trying to rack why, my brain. Why and... you like this? Is that came out recently. Yeah. Different, different color fish. Totally different. Even the dry, I didn't like completely. I just thought it was brilliantly done, and I appreciated the sort of effort that they went to to make this historically accurate like all of the props and the furnishings and everything, mm. even like the brand of soap that's in the 
bathroom is like from the 80s, you know, like I just really, I think a lot of work went into this show and I like when I can see the hard work of the people making it and appreciated that. I made this joke on my other podcast, I Miss You Man, recently um, about TV. And it's like, you know, in the late 90s, early 2000s, it was just like, yeah, we can make good TV now. Let's just do it, you know, when like Sopranos <laughs> and Breaking Bad and Mad Men and everything came out. Yeah. And it almost almost feels like, I know there's been good TV in the past and this is not a, yes, yeah, it's, it's a joke, but it's almost like one day the ABC was like, you know those cool HBO dramas? Let's do one of those. Let's just make one. And everyone's like, oh, I, I have to make a good show. All right. <laughs> We've been making bad stuff all this time. We can make a good one. Okay, cool. But no, that's that sounds like I'm damning a faint praise. But no, it's really good. I, I agree. You want to watch more? I want to see what happens next. I wonder if the next series I might do a jump forward potentially or... Yeah, it was interesting if we're yeah. going to do like a decade each season or like how they're going to do that. I guess I want to see him be a newsreader, be a rookie newsreader though. On the desk with Helen. Mm. Exciting yeah. times. I'll watch more. I hope that make it be awesome. All right, what are you going to rate it? Out of five stars. I'm going to give it four stars today because of those few you know, quibbles I had, but for the most part, I was in there from, from day dot, loving it. Yep. I am also going to give it four stars. Okay. Explain yourself. Really loved it. was really hooked. A couple of things didn't quite work for me, but mm-hmm. definitely would watch more. And mm. ABC, if you're listening, you're not, but please bring us more Nolly. Because it feels like a beginning, doesn't it? Feels like this is going to be a four or five season yeah, show. It really does. It really so does. I hope it gets that. Me too. Good support these things when they happen. Go stream it. Even if you don't want to watch it, maybe just open it up on your device mm. so that you mm. can give them the ratings. <laughs> uh, I remember there was a tweet actually from from Benjamin Law about this show. I think he said, mm-hmm. I don't understand at the time, but now it makes sense to me. He said something like, Why can't Helen Dale and Tim just be in a thruple? <laughs> I mean, that would solve a lot of problems, wouldn't wouldn't it? it? Wouldn't it? Anyway, that's been us. My name's Lonnie. Her name's Sine, as I mentioned earlier. (laughs) You can find us on Twitter. Sine's always on there, saying little funny little tweets and updates about the show. If you want to stay stay up to date with my riding movements, I'm sure I'll (laughs) up-to-date everyone on there. (laughs) Yes, and we've got a whole bunch of episodes. We've got over 200 for some reason. We've had over 30,000 listens today. That's insane. Thank you for listening. If you're like, if you don't know us personally and you're listening, thanks. That's weird that you're doing that, but nice. Like (laughs) 29,000 of of those are from the one BuzzFeed episode we did, I think, which is our our biggest by far. That's cool. That's fine. Well, people who liked that might be in for a treat later on. Maybe they will. (laughs) All right. We'll see you next week. I've been Lonnie on the news desk. No, I shouldn't be a newsreader, should I? Dale Jennings. Dale Jennings. It's the only way you can say his name. Mm. Bye. Bye. (laughs) Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.